welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galante. Dustin, in quarter number one, we wrapped up by talking about the running game and a little bit of that, boy, we are going to establish that running game come hell or high water. And I thought it was interesting post-game, Franklin was asked about it, and I think it was framed in the with the idea that they've yet to have a 100-yard rusher this year. And James Franklin's response was, well, the year's not over, meaning there's still a bowl game left, gave me the sense that we're still going to try to get that 100-yard rusher, and if we get it in the bowl game, even if we lose by 40 points, he's going to come in after that game to the press conference and say, see, I told you so. It, it, it does set up to be a celebration of progress, you know, a, a, way, a way to reasonably say, well, look what happened in the bowl game. We, we brought these elements together. We told you for the better part of the season that we were close to turning this corner, and look what happened. We turned the corner in the bowl game. That sets us up nicely for 2022, and I think all that's kind of a bunch of crap. Um, when, when it was functional, when the season was still hanging in the balance, this was just something that physically – for all kinds of reasons that we've covered before that are worth probably bringing up again because they are present in this game, uh, they just weren't able to do that on a consistent basis. And I think there were times this year where they outthought themselves when it came to how they handled the, the running backs themselves. I didn't really see much innovation when it came to personnel changes or anything like that. I think there was just a lot of hope upon hope that, you know, sticking their nose to the grindstone and some good old fashioned elbow grease and all that stuff. James Franklin, I don't know how many times he stepped in front of uh, reporters and asked and borderline begged for those guys to be more physical, but they, it just never really came. So I, I, at a certain point, you just have to kind of wonder, okay, um, you can't do much about the running back depth chart. You have who you have. Noah Kane ha- wasn't a hundred percent, just didn't look like himself. Um, or the, 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 version of himself that we grew accustomed to back in 2019. Maybe they just didn't have the horses for it in the backfield. Maybe they didn't have the horses up front either, which is a whole separate issue when it comes to recruiting and development and all that. But um, all these elements didn't come together. And, and, And what I saw was just, you know, putting the same guys out there and treating it the same way and approaching it the same way and just hoping that, it's enough to turn the corner and to get some momentum going or whatever you want to call it. But it just never, ever came. And and there wasn't anything significant from a, from a coaching standpoint. And obviously this comes with the, you know, the caveat that, you know, when it comes to the nuance of it, when it comes to the assignments and, and all that stuff, I'm probably not the best to evaluate what the offensive line is doing. You can ask Ross about that on uh, later this week. But you just, I just didn't see enough change or enough radical thinking or enough innovation, uh, enough adjustment from the coaching staff, which I think that's probably something that we've been critical of in general of the staff. In-game, out-of-game, you just haven't seen meaningful, timely adjustments from the staff, and they just never came in the running game. And maybe they wouldn't have made any difference. I don't know. And, Dustin, for me, it's still about that short yardage situation where – they're doing the same thing over and over again. 
as far as I can see, nobody said, you know what, that's not working. Maybe we need to do a little, something a little different on fourth and one. And by little different, I don't mean punting. But let's go to the other part of the offense, which is the passing game. And it is still Jahan freaking Dotson. Incredible player. And he was targeted he was targeted eleven times, eight completions. It does make you wonder how could you not target him more often, correct? A hundred percent. And the the I don't I mean, Sean Clifford made a lot of wide window throws. There were there wasn't a whole lot of threading the needle necessary. And what you ended up having, by the way, and this came up on the broadcast, is is Michigan State players on the sideline at odds with each other, having to be restrained because it's such a disaster on the back end of the defense. And it was just right around that time where Penn State just sort of bailed on it. And I, I you know, I understand the looks and, and what the defense is dictating and, and how you respond to that when you step up the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. But, you know, I think I don't think there was I think Michigan State could have played 14 guys on defense and Jahan Dotson still would have gotten open. I don't care what the looks are at the line of scrimmage. You did them a tremendous favor by drifting away from that bread and butter. The only thing that had really worked for you the entire year. Look at the, I mean, look at the offense. What is one thing that you can say is the tried and true trusted thing? It's throwing the ball to Jahan Dotson in whatever way necessary to get him involved. Short, long, medium, whatever the case might be. Whatever the defense is giving you, get the ball in Jahan Dotson's hands and let him go about his work. He was finding open spots. Parker Washington was finding openings in this Michigan State defense. I don't really care what it looked like at the line of scrimmage. There wasn't a good reason or, or explanation for me to accept saying that's why we got away from Jahan Dotson. You targeted him 11 times. I honest to goodness believe you needed to target him 20 times in this game. The way things were going, how you, what, what your recipe was for winning this game, and this isn't just hindsight. You're sitting here watching this game in the third quarter wondering, what is going on? Why, why is he so quiet? Why have you not just crammed it down his throat? Who cares how many, how many guys are on him? He's going to find a way. And if it's not him, it's going to be Parker Washington. If it's not him, it's going to be Keandre Lambert-Smith. Just embrace your weaknesses and embrace your strengths and attack this defense in a way that everybody's been successful in doing it. C.J. Stroud was 32 out of 35 the week before. All those Ohio State guys were wide open all the time. In this game, in the first 30 minutes, John Dotson, Parker, these guys were open all the time, and you just let that get away from you. And again, I'll circle back to the point I made in quarter number one. In that respect, you very much lost this coaching matchup. You played Michigan State's game. You let them dictate what you were going to do on offense. And it's a it's been a kind of a common criticism is is adjust is trying to adjust to the other coaching staff, which struck first with their adjustments. And I'm so happy you brought up Parker Washington because that's where I was headed next. Just to share with you a little text messaging between myself and my brother, who was, you know, we uh, he was complaining about extending James Franklin. Gee, that's the coach you want for the next 10 years. I said, well, Jahan Dotson makes you a better coach. And my brother asked, yeah, what are you going to do next year when Dotson's gone? And my answer is, Parker Washington, that's what you do. And so to me, it's not just the one target, which is absolutely fantastic with Dotson, but you got another guy with Parker Washington, and I think that one-handed grab just shows you what he's capable of. Yeah, and he he's done it before. I mean, I I think you can definitely make a case 
all season long. I mean, he's had his moments and there were times where Penn State really looked his way, but there were more, you know, just as many times this year where he just disappeared from the game plan. I, I, I don't think I really ever understood why. So he finished with, with four for 60 and, and a touchdown in this one, that one handed grab. I mean, he is a special player too. And he, I think he's ready for prime time. And just all, you know, speaking of Jahan Dotson, what are you going to do without him and all that? James Franklin and this Penn State program have done a very, very good job uh, evaluating and developing individual talent. That has not been an issue. Developing Jahan Dotson is a real feather in the cap for everybody involved here, you know, including Jahan Dotson. But, you know, eventually I think you got to do more than that. And that's where the dissatisfaction comes in. I don't think anybody can look at James Franklin's track record when it comes to getting guys to the next level and creating guys, you know, creating stars. Look at, you know, Odafe Owe and, and Micah Parsons and what those guys are doing. Mike Gesicki and Chris Godwin. Adrian Amos is having a, a, a big NFL career. Penn State's getting guys to that level. Why, why has that success, you know, why has that not happened earlier? You know, that, that's the question. Mentioning Adrian Amos, perhaps you saw the same play that I did on that fourth and one play for the Packers. Yeah. Phenomenal play. What what a great play. Uh, let's switch to Sean Clifford and his performance. Finally, I'm ready to say Sean Clifford is what he is. You, you'll see some nice passes. You'll still see a miss on plays. But what I think the difference with Sean Clifford from the 5-0 and Penn State team to this seven and five team is he's no longer making big plays with his legs. And I don't know if it's just doesn't trust himself to do it anymore, is hurting a bit, but that takes a big piece out of this offense. He and he is a threat. I mean you, you can look at him and, and and when he's running in a straight line, he he's got plenty to be a threat with his legs. Um I, I, I can't help but think that he, he is limited in some of those ways. And maybe, you know, one of the interesting things when you talk about athletes and, and who suffer injuries is, you know, obviously overcoming the physical part and rehabbing and getting it healthy and being 100 percent again. But I think you have to get the back to 100 percent confidence in your brain, too, and your trust and, you know, your confidence level. That That's kind of the internal battle that happens. And I think Sean Clifford was fighting both of those physical and mental battles after he suffered what, you know, I'll call Call it a rib injury, whatever you want. You know, there's no official diagnosis out there, but either he wasn't feeling like himself from that moment forward, or he just didn't, you know, that just disrupted his flow, his rhythm, his belief, his confidence and, and all that and, and made him adjust his game in a way that didn't favor him. And I think it also speaks to, yeah, I mean, accepting who Sean Clifford is, um, I, I don't think I was ready to do that when things were going well. It was unfair to do that after Illinois. But at this point in time, we've seen three years of evidence here. You can respect his game. You can respect his grit, his hard work, his toughness, all that stuff. Absolutely. But you also have to say that, okay, this kid just straight up has limitations and he just doesn't have a lot of margin for error. So playing at 75% or 80% is enough to make him a pretty average quarterback. When he was going well and Penn State was going well and they were putting up points and he was seeing things um, that the defense was doing, 
he looked like a different quarterback early in this year. But, you know, how many times do you navigate an entire 12 game season, especially as a quarterback who plays and is willing to, to hang in there and take big hits? How many times is your quarterback at 100% health from week one to week 12 with no disruption? I think any margin for error that he had as an athlete at this level, the Big Ten level, kind of went out the window when he got hurt. You're, you're exactly right. And you, no way in the world could you question his toughness. I question, though, the coaching and did they put him in the best position to win, whether it's the coaching, is it the offensive line who allowed him to get beat up so often? He doesn't always seem to have the best feel for getting rid of the ball on time before he takes some of those hits. He should sue the offensive line and coaching staff for lack of support. Yeah, and and then when when... You know, pressure is coming pretty frequently. You have a tendency to hold onto the ball. You are gritty. You are tough. So you are willing to hang in there and take shots. You are willing to throw it when you know a big hit's coming your way. You know, that all adds up. And um, I, I just think that over the course of, of the season, you know, like he just took so much punishment. And you can't get, you can't pick up yards when you need them in short yardage. That affects everybody, including Sean Clifford. It really does, and you don't have him, I think, as that weapon where he could carry the ball on those fourth and ones and and make you your first down. It seemed like they really shied away from that uh, in the time since he's been banged up. Dustin, that's it for quarter number two. Quarter number three, we'll start talking defense. Stick around for that. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light want to remind you that fall is the best season. Why? Because of football, leaves, fantasy football, flannel, beards, tailgating, oh yeah, and more football. Welcome to the best season ever. Grab some Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Because it's time to get undomesticated. Beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Always enjoy responsibly. 